Hello and welcome to Abnormal Mapping, episode 90. I'm your host, M, and with me is my regular co-host, Jackson. Hello, hi. It feels like we just did this. We usually say it's been forever. It's been one week. One week. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's been less than a week. It's been six days. Oh, it has been six days, my word. Time travel. Uh, yeah, so this episode will probably be out a week after the Chrono Trigger episode, but maybe it'll be two. Who can say? Life is difficult. But uh, definitely we're recording this one week after Chrono Trigger, which means, Jackson, I'm not expecting a good answer for this, but have you played any video games? What do you mean? Oh, wait, you totally answer? have played video games. <laughs> I've played a lot of video games. I've had a video you know, game week. Um, where, where, where do we want to go with this? All right. So I've started playing Dark Souls. Yes. Uh, but that really came out of me playing Ninja Gaiden again. <laughs> yes. And I was like, oh, because you keep saying that Dark Souls isn't that hard. And I go, yes, it is. And then go and just play Ninja Gaiden. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is just, a game like, that's actually that hard. <laughs> just like actually very hard. Like a parody of a human being. So I, I can go be Dark Souls. Anyway, so I've been playing both of those Um Finally, finally got a hold of Ninja Gaiden Two again, so I can play play that and plug my 360 in. And you mean stuff. you dug it out of your closet? Yeah, no, I got a new copy. Wait, really? It was a pound. Oh, okay, fair enough. Uh, I, this wasn't planned. I was just in CEX today, and I was like, "Oh, right, you can buy video games." I forgot because they don't make new ones. It's <laughs> <laughs> um, like, "All oh, right, the 360 GameStop." Anyway. Uh, th- so I've just been playing, thinking about action games and wanting to play more. Uh, and Dark Souls isn't an action game, but it does, f- like, you know, I feel pretty confident saying Dark Souls is in a different genre than Ninja Gaiden. I, comparing those yes. as combat games well, is... Uh, not the same thing. Uh, yeah, so I... But comparison-wise, I do, I do enjoy when I play a game and there is combat and it is tough and fun. Uh, and that's, uh, that's where those things are. Because everyone else was playing Sekiro, but that's a lot of money for me. So this is the direction I went in. <laughs> it's a lot of money for everyone. Yep. Um... And it's uh, it's good. I, I'm very happy to be back playing Ninja Gaiden, for one thing. Uh, and also, Dark Souls is fun. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's challenging for me because I, I picked a very weak build. Um, but when it's good, it's very good. I'm having a good time with Dark Souls. I've played about seven hours. I've got into the Under Parish. Um, I'm doing a dex build, so cue booing from the stands. Uh, yep. As to, I mean, I'm the only one who suffers for it because I'm the one who's like, God, this, I die really quick, don't I? Uh, yep. and I do um, but I want it to be fast I need that fast roll I, I explained to you how this works you can have yeah, a fast no, roll with yeah. whatever build you want yeah, I can have a fast roll it's all about the, the endurance and the armor you use yeah uh, you could just have light armor and still wield a giant greatsword and have a strength build that's yeah. how I'm playing Dark Souls 2 <laughs> yeah we'll see uh, maybe I'll start putting points to strength um, but I'm having a good time I, I, I'm finding it very difficult so unsurprisingly uh, but very much in the way of like the bosses I have fought all died basically instantly uh, I don't find the individual fights as they come to me that difficult uh, but it is the like the amount that you have to be on all the time for every fight six in a row and half of them you've done before um, because you just, you know you go through the things again and you're like I've done this fight six times and then you get sloppy and then you die, <laughs> uh, and uh, that's that's where I am. I'm having a good time. Everyone seems to be being nice about it. I've been tweeting about it on main, but no one's been too much of a problem. Uh, you know you can get a few Dark Souls tweets that are bad, but no, I you know I don't have much to say about it other than Dark Souls is fun. Tell me about Ninja Gaiden then. 
Well, so it's the best game ever made, and I think we were wrong to. Do, I mean, I guess Tacoma beat it. All right, Tacoma still wins. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's the it's the best. I'm so happy to be back. I love Ninja Gaiden so much. I've been like watching, going back to watching videos, seeing, checking in on the Ninja Gaiden scene. I joined the NG Realm forums. I haven't posted yet because no one's talking about Ninja Gaiden in 2019. They don't really have anything to say or contribute. Um, but there is a life support community of Ninja Gaiden fans somewhere just waiting for another game to get announced. Uh, I, it's good. I am, I'm happy to be back. I'm hoping that I can get back into trying to uh, go through the difficulties again because I've beaten it up to hard. I've, never, I've got halfway through very hard before once in my life, uh, but I've never beaten it on very hard. And I've definitely never got to Master Ninja, and I want to do that one day. Originally, that was going to be a video series, but then all my um, there's some videos on the channel that started this, uh, but my like living situation changed, and I can't record off consoles anymore, so I'll just have to do that on my own. Um, but it's it's great. I, Ninja Gaiden's amazing. You should you should everyone should go back and play more Ninja Gaiden, <laughs> including you. That's never going to happen, Jackson. No, not unless they put it on PC. Even then. I, even also, then. I like no. <laughs> it's a good game it's a good i don't game. like i don't like the aesthetics i don't like the way it plays like i understand that like it is a cool one of these but i have other ones of these i haven't played yet i'm not going to waste my time on the one i already played through pretty much all of and didn't enjoy yeah uh I, <laughs> the thing about the aesthetics being bad is so true uh, i made some uh, like a dumb post that got a lot of retweets the other day of realizing that the reason that ninja gaiden has basically no fandom outside of action game dorks who are like no actually if you think about the mechanics it's actually really good and interesting uh if you spend five hours with it a lot of hours with it because it never explained itself uh is it just has no personality it's a void it is a void of personality it is a nothing game the characters are just nothing everything is a nothing the aesthetics are a nothing it's all it's all just you know sword buttons and the sword button pressing is very good but you you pan over to dante right and it's like oh yeah of course yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's just like this is a genre with bayonetta in it <laughs> yeah eventually bayonetta parachutes in and shoots both of them dead and then it took yep. dante years and years and years to come back yep um eventually we'll play dmc5 um uh but you know we gotta play you, three you've, you've kind of convinced yourself that you're probably gonna think it sucks right that's where we're not, at no i've not convinced myself that i gonna think it sucks i've um I've got spoiled on the story in a way that I think that everyone... I think that everyone saying that game has a good story is lying, is where, where I'm at. The uh, thing with me is I can't imagine how it has like a better or different, categorically different story than the rest of Devil May Cry, which has bad stories that you can kind of enjoy. So, so I... Three is going to be the one, because that's where this all comes from. Because I've played one and four and I've watched two... Um, you know, because two doesn't have a story. Let's be two, real. So, one, two doesn't have a story. One has a very earnest story that is just bad. Uh, he wants to be the one. To I, like with the I like it a lot. I like it a lot. Don't say it's well. bad. It's I like it a lot. I like it a lot. Uh, but it, when when they wrote the words, "I want to be the one to fill your dark soul with light," they didn't know. No, <laughs> they absolutely didn't not. Know. In, in Dark Soul, in Devil May Cry Four, they fucking know. Uh, okay. Nero is you know ridiculous. Uh, Kyrie, his girlfriend, is like the super nun, and every other uh, woman in that entire franchise is wearing no clothes. Um, it's full kitsch all the time. Uh, so in that one, it's just full on self parody, and I don't care about it in that direction. Uh, yeah. Three is I know where the like 
people earnestly caring about Devil May Cry and Dante and Virgil, the actual coolest Devil May Cry character, all comes No, from. he sucks! He's the but worst! I, we've never played three! We, that, that's where it all is. It's not in yeah, any other The game. only reason people think he's the cool one is because he's the one who doesn't make the dumb jokes, and that makes someone the least cool person. <laughs> Look, we are going to play three literally in a week. <laughs> Oh, I'm like this guy, but I'm way more serious and suck ass. So I'm the one the fans like. So I, I got some spoilers for uh, DMC Five, and I don't even want to talk around them too much because um, I, I feel like if I say anything, you'll know what it is because everyone should know. Because I'm like, oh yeah, of course, was my reaction. Yeah, we uh, can't talk about this at all. We cannot. You can't talk okay. about this. I, you can't say another word about this. I'm cutting that out then. Okay. Well, I'm the one who edits these. So. Right, well, cut that all out. Anyway, yeah, so I just I've seen some stuff about the story, and I'm like, I don't think that I care, because um, people I've seen people say that Devil May Cry Five story is like actually emotional and good, and I'm like, what? It's Devil May Cry. I'm here to shoot, like hit things with my sword and do some shooting. Um, and as ever with Devil May Cry, I'm pleasantly excited for the story uh, for the uh, for the gameplay, but I also like I don't. I'm not a big Devil May Cry fan when it comes to the action. Uh, I like it, but it just feels like less a Bayonetta when I play it because all my muscle memory is tuned to Bayonetta with that stuff. Uh, and design-wise, my sensibilities are aligned with Ninja Gaiden because I spent a decade playing it. So it's just kind of in a space that I'm not as familiar with. Um, and I, I really need to give it the time to get into it, but I don't know if I will because, you know, it takes time to really get into an action game. There's no reward for that. You just have to do it because you care for yourself. Uh, and we'll see if I ever get that with Devil May Cry. I'll respect it from a distance is my guess. Anyway, that was a long segment. I, I rambled forever. Sorry about that. You're fine. Okay. You didn't have anything last week, so, you know, yep. making up. I, I didn't have the clock. We're only nine minutes in. We're fine. Yeah. It's not going to be a long podcast. Uh, did you play anything? So I finished... I'm done with Spyro the Dragon, which I Yo! played through the Spyro Reignited thing. Um that game, uh, you know, you know what Spyro the Dragon is. You've played a video game. You're listening to this podcast. If you don't, it was a PlayStation platformer. Uh, they re-released the original three games on PS4 last year, right? That's last yes, year. That and game. last year. Um, and uh, I've been playing them. Uh, I got to the final boss of the first game. Um, if you don't need to play a dragon, your moves are to charge, to jump and glide, and to produce flame. Um, that's it. It's not a super complicated game. You don't have a bunch of moves. You don't gain new moves as you go through. By the time I got to the final world, I was done doing the same thing over and over again. This is a real problem with this era of platformer that's not called Mario 64, in that it gives you a tool set, but then just has you do it over and over again, and the enemies get harder. But there's no set pieces because cinematic games haven't been invented yet. And there's not like mechanical cleverness because it's not Mario. They don't have Nintendo money. So you're just left running around catching gems for the 50th time. You're like, I really just don't want to do this anymore. So I was talking to Jackson about giving up uh, on a Skype call. And Jackson was like, you should just stop. There's nothing left. And then I, we we hung up because uh, you went to bed or something. And then I got to the final boss. I kept going, got to the final boss. Uh, do you remember the part in Spyro where you have to chase the like hooded guy who's carrying an egg? Yes. or whatever, or a key. Yes. So the final boss is, you got to chase a guy who's holding a key, and you chase him down through a big, long, circuitous route, which is the worst, one of the worst parts of the game is chasing these guys. Um, because so much. You have to just keep going in a loop and make sure you take the turns tighter than them. It's not like, you are, you are the same speed, it's just your ability to navigate the path better than an AI who's going to take the safe route. It's very boring. Um, you get the key, you open a door, and then there's another one of those guys, the key. So you have to chase him down, <gasps> oh, and you no. get another key, and then you get to where the main boss is, because there's a gate in front of him, and that lowers. And then you have to chase the final boss through one of these. 
uh, and catch up to him and hit him. And then he opens a path to what I assume is where you fight him for the last time because the level can't be that long. But this involves multiple, like, glide jumps over lava where if you fall in, you instantly die. And up to this point, there are no checkpoints. Wait, so you would have to go and do both of the Yes. Then did you die and then just go fuck off and turn the game off? I died six times and then said fuck no and turned the game off. (laughs) <laughs> this is what so we were on the Skype call and I was like, yeah, no, like if, if you're getting frustrated with the game, that's what it is. They're like the mode of production on this stuff is such that like, there's no incentive to like make the rest of the levels more mechanically interesting. You you build the tools and you build some levels because it's mostly going to kids who are gonna play a couple of hours of it. Yep. Uh, like there's there's nothing there's nothing at the end of the rainbow here. And you're like, No, yeah, I will I will see it through. All I got was a really bad final boss that I had to keep starting over from the start multiple. And it's not like it's interesting. It's not like you get better at running those paths because it just takes forever to catch up to those guys that you're chasing. Yep. Um, there's no way to like cheese it and be good. And like, oh, I did that way faster this time. No, you just got to do it all over again. It's very obnoxious. And so I stopped. I'm done. Spyro 1 complete. Yeah. I'm going to take a long time off before I play Spyro 2 because I'm sure it's more of the same. It's the, I mean, they they had design and they that's what the game is. Yeah, I, no, be, I know. I recognize more, uh, what this is. It'll have more variety because I know there's more mini games, but I assume the core won't be significantly changed in any way. Yeah. Uh, um, I, and I mostly enjoyed it, but uh, yeah, the real problem with these games is they feel like games that were never meant for someone to actually complete. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, like this is what games were, right? It's like, yeah. Uh, because well, I'm cost- spoiled by this because through this era, I played JRPGs and Nintendo games, which are explicitly games that they assume you're going to play all of. They explain they're going to play all of and also have like very strong ideas and often hide them at the end. Yes. Uh, but like this, like, you know, the Western platformers of the era, right? Like, the you know, even Crash Bandicoots and uh, Spyros. And I assume like I haven't played going into the PS2 ones, but I assume like Sly Cooper and everything kind of adheres to this uh, a little bit. Uh, of being games that you have your you, they, they build the jump systems and then they build levels with them and the levels get more complicated but you're not like it takes a long time to develop a mechanical hook into a level yeah sly cooper one's like this sly cooper two and three are specifically different things because then okay. it turns into a like kind of o- semi-open world mission-based stealth game that the first game is not yeah. uh, and that's the uh, same with uh, uh jack which the first game is like that and then they become gta and they become much worse. i really i really like sly one and sly two and three did nothing for me so because <laughs> yeah, no. then they, they go the other way and they become modern games and then we just don't like them <laughs> yeah <laughs> so a much more earnest way the thing yeah. we want is what if everyone had the money to make mario 64 <laughs> yeah, absolutely we I should play klonoa which is a, a good game question. that is not not Mario 64 good, but it's pretty good. I have both Klonoa and Banjo-Kazooie to play at one point in my life. Banjo-Kazooie is just what if someone else had Mario 64 money and made Mario 64. Oh my god, I should just play Banjo-Kazooie. It's yeah. waiting for me on my Xbox yep. One. <laughs> yep. It's a good, I, I played the 360 version. It's really good. I remember that game being really long, and then I 100%ed it in a single day when the Xbox 360 version <laughs> came out. Video games have changed. Yep. Um... That's good. Uh, I'm excited for you to play more because I assume you'll get back to like the Spyro Till start and it'll just be the chill version of itself and you'll be like, oh right, the game's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it won't be for a couple of months. So, you yeah. know, I need yeah, no. some time off to do other stuff. Like I went back to Fantasy Star and I'm playing that again still. Um, that's cool. also a game that ran out of ideas, but it's from the 80s. So I don't care. <laughs> yeah. And they've already rebalanced it for you. Yeah, and like, like I, it's not really unfolding new stuff, but I can play it in bed while I'm listening to like podcasts or YouTube, and that you know that's all I really want out of a video game on some level. <laughs> that's some why level. JRPGs are good. 
Yeah, you just kind of make the numbers go up. Yep, you do. You listen to the music and you watch the story happen. That's it. Yep. There's not much story. It's a game. It's from the Master System. Like, there's a story, and it's not a bad one, but it's there's not a lot of it. I just meant JRPGs in general. Yes. But yes. Uh, well, that's that's the uh, regular catch-up segment, I guess. Yeah. Uh, we should probably talk about the video game. Our game club this month is Titanfall 2, which was developed by Respawn Entertainment. Uh, came out in October 28, 2016, day after my birthday. Happy birthday, me, three Happy years birthday. ago. Um, this is the sequel to Titanfall, uh, which is a game nobody played because it didn't have a campaign mode, and it came out on the Xbox One. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, it apparently sold very well, and then everyone stopped playing it because it didn't have a campaign mode, and it came out on the Xbox One. It was a big Xbox One exclusive because Respawn is the company from the Call of Duty people who, you know, remember Modern Warfare 2 and all that stuff. Uh, yeah, they, then they, they got fired, and, and then they, they went fired. to EA, and now they made this, and the, the Titanfall 2. Uh, mm-hmm. And so Titanfall 2, obviously, the second one of these, it's a first-person shooter in which you are a pilot and a mech. Um, there is a multiplayer component that I watched in video, but we did not play for this. We're mostly talk- we were talking about the campaign here. You can talk a little bit about that, but we're mostly talking about the campaign here. Yes. Um, and uh, that's it. It's a source game. It uh, looks great. looks way better than any source game ever should. Uh, Valve, what are you doing? Uh, not releasing uh, games not, is the answer. Not making video games. Like, what? Yes. It, like, it looks better than Portal 2, I guess? Like- yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> <laughs> like, since when? And there's a bit where there's literally just Portal 2, and I'm like, oh, I see why they use the, the source engine. This is just a bit from Portal 2. Uh, anyway, Jackson, do you want to tell people what the plot of Titanfall 2 is? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> So Titanfall 2 has a plot, such as it is. Uh, it is the story of frontier rifleman uh, Jack Cooper. He is a rifleman in the frontier militia who are at war with the IMC, uh, which is the something corporation, the International uh, Manufact- Interstellar Manufacturing Corporation. There we go. Uh, and they are at war for control of the frontier, which is a sector of space um, that is, you know, they're all fighting over that. The frontier militia are the people who... They are the like military representation of the people who live at the frontier. Uh, the Instellar Manufacturing Corporation are the like corporation from Earth. I will get into the specifics of this setup later because if it sounds familiar, then you know it does. You're right. You're right about that. Uh, but that's all you need to know for now because the story actually doesn't matter. Uh, you're a rifleman, um, and your uh, the the pilot who it's like okay. We step back a second. Pilots control Titans. Titans are an important force uh, in Titanfall because they are the mechs. Um, and a pilot isn't just like someone who controls a uh, Titan. They also have like jump packs and are better at just being doing stuff in combat generally. It's like an important combat position, the height of a soldier, uh, and that is who you want to be. You are Jack Cooper, uh, and the pilot who is like your mentor dies and makes you an acting pilot and gives you his Titan, uh, BT-7274. 
and uh, you then take BT-774 after this operation to just fight, meet up with the with your fleet, get back to everyone on the process. Uh, in, pro- in the process of this, you discover that there is a super weapon uh, that is basically a Death Star, a time Death Star that it can destroy planets, uh, and you stop them. You stop the IMC from firing that. That's the entire plot. That's it. That's everything that happens. That's the full summary. Is that? That's the game. Uh, BT dies, but then he comes back. But then he dies for real. But then he comes but back. But then he comes back? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but then they didn't make another game, so who can say? Yeah, he's just gonna live in the helmet forever. He's gonna live in the helmet forever. Uh, and that's the whole that's the whole game. Uh, the reason to actually play the game is because it is a series of shooter levels that are mostly not all, but mostly designed around interesting mechanical ideas that are explored in a single level and then uh like discarded for a new mechanical idea that is the identity of the next level. Um it is a very traditional form of game design um, that felt like a throwback when this came out in 2016. Uh, and shooter campaigns were either um, non-existent and like weird... L- they were either like drives towards an infinite loot machine or still kind of some cinematic type stuff. That was kind of on the way out. So Call of Duty didn't even do that anymore. Uh, but those were the two the two uh, things. And this uh, just kind of just some video game as video game. And it was very good at that. And that's why everyone likes it. And that's why I thought we should uh, we should play it. It's also nine chapters long. takes about five hours. It's very good about that. Yeah, it's very short. Uh, it's, it's still too long. <laughs> it's still too long. We'll talk about that. So the game opens with a, like... Is that is it is it is it better CG or is it like half live action half CG? I don't I can't tell. I think it's better. I think it's all CG. I think it okay, just, you know, because it's it's very well put together. It's a video of talk, talking to you about how fucking cool a pilot is, and it's just a pilot with the full like helmet mask on, and he's got jump jets, so he can double jump, he can run on walls, uh, he can turn invisible, and he can just do anything. It's like what if what if Solid Snake knew parkour, and he just fucked everything up with it. Uh, yeah. And it's just telling you that this is the pinnacle of warfare. And you're like, hell yeah, sign me up to the pinnacle of warfare. And then it immediately cuts to the video game where it's like, look up, look down. The controls are normal. Do you want them normal? Do you want to invert them? And you're like, all right, video games. <laughs> yep. Uh, I I don't want them inverted. Sorry, that's who I am. Yeah, I'm a normal, normal controls, person. please. Normal controls. <laughs> yes. That's why it's called normal. Because <laughs> <laughs> we are all hyper normal here on normal map. Yes. Extremely normal video gamers. Uh, Could not be more normal. But the game quickly then, like, in the, like, all Call of Duty training where you, like, learn how to throw a grenade and bullshit, uh, just gives you a cool obstacle, like, Mirror's Edge obstacles course of, oh, run through here, kill all the guys on the way, but run through here mostly. Teach you how to wall run, make sure you wall run into another wall run, do all the cool sprinting, boosting stuff, because this is a game pinnacle of what is a good game is your boost, your sprint never runs out. That's how you know it's good. (laughs) That is what a good game is. Um, and once you run that, he's like, you can, he puts up a leaderboard. And he's like, you can just run this again if you want and just get better at running and jumping on stuff. And you're like, hell yeah, this is just a platformer. If you're me, which I am. Uh, so the part where this game is just a platformer about double jumps and wall runs, uh, first person Prince of Persia, but you have a cool gun, uh, definitely spoke to me. And this is the reason you told me to you told you want us yes. to play this. Absolutely. You know my taste. This part of the game is awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, that's why I'm here as well, is because every time you run on walls, it's like, yo, yo. Uh 
Uh, and it's not just running on walls, it is you run on walls because you want the fire in the air and then do a slide and then hit someone. Like, if you are just shooting someone in a standard I'm standing still shooting you position and then moving afterwards, that's not the game. That's not the no. game. Um, and, like, there's a there's a gun from the original game that you get right at the end when it's too late to really use it that leans into this idea of this design uh, in such a strong way, which is like, what if a gun had a lock-on reticle that was as big as half the screen? <laughs> Yes. What um, if what if the game was all just a platformer and it was just res, but you're jumping? The best game ever made. Yeah. No. And then it gets so close to it, and then you get back in the robot. The game ends. Uh, it's then you get the robot with the slowest gun possible, and you want to die. Is actually yeah. what happens. So, so here's the thing: is that lots of people like Titanfall because of the uh, interplay between the uh, big robots and the small pilots, and that is the core of the multiplayer. Is that in, when you're in the in the big robots, you're very powerful, but you're very unmaneuverable. Um, and like you're maneuverable for mechs, like you can do your jumps and uh, your like uh, boosts and stuff. Um, you can do your boosts. <laughs> Only like two mechs have jump abilities, and they're like hovers. They're not even real yeah, jumps. Yeah, they're, they're flight stuff. But like the, the mechs are fairly maneuverable, at least um, not for us because we've been uh, trained on Gundam. But when you come from like a legacy of BattleTech and stuff, right? Yes. Like yeah, this, no, this no, is no. they're much more from. nimble than that. Um, they, and they basic <laughs> they basically move like Gears of War men. Yes, they, right, they do. Um, yeah. And so we, I just want to be a pilot all the time. Every time I'm in a robot, I'm like, oh, God. I understand how the balance of that works in the multiplayer. But in the single-player game, every time I have to get in the robot, I'm very just very bored. Uh, the only time that it's kind of okay is when you have the um, the boss fights. But that's mostly because you just stomp through the bosses in, in, instantly. Uh, I played on hard this time, and it was not much of a challenge. Um, I normally play on easy and played this game on normal and didn't really have much trouble, so... Yep, the only the only bit that's uh, fairly difficult is the um, fake Normandy landing. Uh, that was so I died a couple times there just because I thought I could do the cheese it video game thing of push forward and the game will yep. just let me do that, and it does not. <laughs> so that's, so that's the thing that I don't like about that level that is basically the classic Call of Duty problem, right? Where the the thing that gets you killed isn't the the game was hard. It is that there is a rhythm and a place that you, there is a line that needs to be held and you need to advance exactly on it. If you're too, if you fall behind, you'll get killed. If you go ahead, you'll get killed. And it flies in the face of what a game about propulsive momentum should be, which at its best, this game is all propulsive momentum. Uh, And so those moments kind of like are disappointing, but when it is good, when it is like, we've got a platforming idea we have some levels and we're gonna we're gonna explore them uh, it's great because there's there's three levels that really stand out uh there's the there's the big famous one from this game which is effect and cause which is honestly probably the lesser of these three um the time travel one but i still like it a lot uh it's a very good level. okay okay so worth setting up there's nine levels the first three are basically your tutorial getting used to how the game works they're fine they're good whatever uh introduce the dialogue system which uh we'll circle back around to <laughs> But you and BT yes. g- getting your relationship by pressing up and down or whatever on the the pad and talking to BT. I love uh, story. Yeah. Uh, then there's the middle three. Then there's the last three where the game is bad, and we'll talk about those afterwards. But let's talk about those middle three because each one deserves talking about. I feel like. In yes. Order. Should we just go? So I'll, I'll go in order. Then I won't start with the middle with effect and cause. Yeah. Um So we had the first level. Uh, I don't remember. What, I actually don't know what they're called. I don't know what effect and cause is called because it's like famous outside of the game i just know them by their their gimmicks Uh, the first level which is uh, a level inside a factory uh, that is building something and as you go through the level you are on this assembly line and it uses a lot of opportunities like jumping onto moving platforms off of moving platforms up of walls uh, and eventually you start to realize Uh, they are building 
like a world, like a you know, like the building a Gundam colony. Uh, these the building... t- these three episodes are called Into the Abyss, Effect and Cause, and The Beacon. Thank you. Thank you. The reason nobody remembers those other two is because they're the most generic names possible. <laughs> Into the Abyss. What is that? T- Titanfall. I mean, this is the Titanfall problem, right? <laughs> Illustrated perfectly right here. Uh, because it's the most generic they thing. They should have called chapter six "Riders in the Skies." They should have. They should have called it "Riders in the Skies." But nope. you know, then our friend Dylan would have had it gone apoplectic because <laughs> they'd have gone, "It's not like your other mech shit." This is this. This one's about the characters. Uh, this mech show is specifically not about the characters. Please. <laughs> There's that amazing quote that my uh, friend Dylan the way shows it. Oh, uh, I only, I'm only bringing them up. Um, because they are a good robot friend, and there's an incredible title for quote. Like you may turn your brain off. This isn't like boring mech stuff. This is good mech stuff. Uh, God. And it's it's a little elitist when they're just ripping off Gundam and. Also, this is boring mech stuff. The mech stuff here is the most boring part of your game. It's the most boring part of the game. Anyway, this level is great. You jump on platforms as they start to be built. You. Uh, the way it culminates in the like dome se- sequence where you realize what they've been building is excellent, and then the escape is cool. It's all cool. Yes, specifically it's the part where you're just on these big platforms as like dummies and l- lounging chairs that like bolted into the around you. And if like this is a, a level where you can just get killed by standing in the wrong place as something yes. gets bolted on top of you, it's very good about. I that. did, I did, I ha- I definitely got like. <laughs> squashed i stood on one side of the wall because the gunfire was coming from the other side but then the thing tilted and i got like pressed like a hole punch (laughs) Um, and then it unfolds into the cool parts of portal 2 where suddenly the lady comes over the intercom is like please step on the platform if you actually want to get this fight done you're like hell yeah let's do this fight and then you come up into fake nuke town yep Uh, that bit really is just the opening of portal 2 yeah it's very good i like it a lot (laughs) And you're like, oh, the Source Engine can do this really well. Yes. <laughs> the uh, legacy of Half Life you... 2 physics puzzles is felt to this day. And then the thing this chapter has that I like maybe more than. So I have a weird relationship with shooters. Like, I don't mind a game in which you run around and shoot people. Uh, I like a game in which you always pick up cool, weird guns. Like, this game's good about that because you're always dropping guns for different guns. Uh, that's one of the things I like a lot about shooters. I don't like the Doom style where you just get your six weapons and that's what you have is not really to my taste. That's Mm -hmm. the thing I've realized playing more shooters. I like this version. Um, But you're given the thing I actually like where you're put in an arena and told to survive and there's no, you don't have to clear everything. Survival does not mean beating everyone. It just means actually not dying. So I spent this entire time wall jumping and climbing clambering up surfaces and just like running my ass off against an increasing amount of enemies uh and the thing it reminded me of was my no kill playthrough of mirror's edge where you get into the server room if you haven't played mirror's edge what there's an achievement for not ever using firing a gun which is what i absolutely played the game as the first time even though you're definitely not supposed to do that and the game's mostly okay until you get to this big room towards the end where there's just this giant server room full of enemies and you have to get them to destroy the servers for you because you can't fire a gun so they have to shoot the servers as you are running around the room probably dying like 50 times because it's not meant to be done this way but when you do pull it off, which I did, you get this most exhilarating rush of just being the most badass running away from things person in the world. And this is what this reminded me of. 
I feel like they saw that level and wanted to make a stage that was built on you doing that and the game allowing you to do that much easier uh, and just feeling like you've cheated death because you probably didn't. The game probably let you do that. Uh, I mean, I I have a very different relation to that server level, which is that same thing happened to me, but I I didn't beat it. (laughs) So I just fucking hate, so mad at dice, so mad. I played the level like 30 times. I ran around the servers and blew it up. Oh God. And then I just eventually picked up a gun and then beat the game. And it was the worst feeling of all time. Yes. (laughs) There's nothing, there's nothing at the end of that game. It's Mirror's Edge. Yeah. Uh, Anyway. Yes. uh, It is cool when you run around and do that that stuff. Uh, Yes. Especially because the game definitely makes it... Like, it has the Call of Duty 4 lock-on system, uh, which I don't know how cognizant you are of it, because they don't, they don't like, play into it uh, or mention it. Um, but when you jam the left trigger, if you are in the vicinity, if your reticle's in the vicinity of a target, it will just lock to them. Yes, yes, um, yes, yes. Uh, and so you can just, like, left-right, and then left-right again without having to, like, adjust the stick, um, so long as it's in the right zone. Uh, and no, be I getting... know, because that's the only way I can play these games. <laughs> okay, good. And it's, it's one of the most generous with that auto-aim, which it needs to be because you're shooting a lot of people in the air. <laughs> yes. Um, and yeah, that's when it's at its yeah, coolest. The part where I would never actually have the skill to be wall-running, turn around and shoot a guy in the head as I'm coming down, and then double-jumping back up to a different wall without that stuff... Uh makes the game good <laughs> yeah because it, it is designed to make that possible and like feel like you were executing skill to pull off and legitimately be executing skill but not be executing the skill it would like take in an act like half-life to do that yes uh it, like makes yeah, there's, it there's people who can do this shit in quake i'm never gonna be one of those people <laughs> right yeah it makes the things that are really cool about old pc shooters just part of the video game for normal people <laughs> yeah um which is great uh, so that's uh that's um into the abyss yeah. Uh, the next level is called Effect and Cause, which is the famous level uh, about time travel. You get to a research facility uh, and you start going back and forth through time and eventually you get a uh, like the device that allows you to travel th- back and forth through time. Um, and there start to be like puzzles built around this, platforming puzzles where there's certain walls are only in one timeline, certain ones in the other timeline. Uh, this happens with enemies as well. You get into combat runs where there are two different versions of combat going on in both rooms. Sometimes they'll have slightly different layouts. They play with that in a lot of ways. But um, it doesn't let you pull enemies from one time into the other, which is the thing this level needs. I mean, there is a thing that is true about this level, right? Which, it, by being one level in this game, all of its ideas feel just so clipped. Because there's like 30 minutes of content that feel very unexplored because... There's so much more you can do with this. Yes. But the, so there's two things. The platforming stuff, which we'll talk about in a second. But the battle, the thing with the combat is you go into the past and there's a bunch of soldiers running around and trying to kill you because you invaded this research facility. And they're like, what enemy pilot just seems to be teleporting around? How do we handle this? Um, and you do that stuff. And then you go into the present where you can kind of chill and get a breather until the giant dragon dogs come in and try to mess up your day. But you can't do the cool thing, which is drag the dragon dogs into the past and have them fuck up the soldiers. Uh, that would be pretty cool which is the thing i think that heroes game does right yes yeah yeah let's talk about the heroes game the the, (laughs) the forgotten soldier in the 2016 time travel wars yes Uh, is that heroes Uh, game which because if you have two sets of enemies where the rest of the game like there are segments where those two enemy groups are fighting each other and you can like let like let them fight it out and just kind of watch until one side gets wins and then 
kill that side. Uh, it would be really cool if when all those guys came down out of the elevator, you could just transport three murder dogs in front of them and watch them take care of it. Yep. You um, cannot. You cannot. And and even the platforming stuff for me feels like it is essentially the Mario level um, where every time you jump, the platforms flip. Like Yes. That is the other... fundamentally the mechanic. So the thing here is I've played a game that did this exact same thing better uh, that came out way before this. And it's called Prince of Persia, The Forgotten Sands. I never played Forgotten Sands, but make Which your is Forgotten the Sands stand. It is the tie-in game to the Prince of Persia movie, uh, but it, it, it basically is like an expansion pack to the game Sands of Time. Yes. Um, though your character looks like Jake Gyllenhaal for no good reason. For no reason, um, even though it's in that and, canon, but don't worry about it. <laughs> yes, uh, and one of the things that game gives you is a time stop power, not a rewind, just a stop. Uh, and when that happens, everything you interact with turns static, and so a big part of the game is in areas with like aqueducts where water is falling and the waterfall in normal flow of time is a thing you can jump through and in frozen time is a platform. And so you literally do the thing where you are wall jumping and there's like three waterfalls and you have to hit like the left one when it's frozen, unfreeze time to get to the middle one, hit the right one while it's frozen and jump off of these things. It's literally the Titanfall thing. The, like where one platform is in one time and the other platform is in another. Uh, but the whole game is like that. It's like a 10 hour game about this stuff. And it's the fucking best. <laughs> I need to play that game is what you're telling yes. me. Because that's what I, yes. cause I'm, cause I'm a playlist. I'm like, this is cool, but there's not enough of it. Because I want a game about the like, where platforming becomes this like rhythmic dance of, I want to go from this platform and then I the jump. And then it, and with exactly the right timing, make the next platform appear. But then the 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 like qualities of the game don't come from the necessary the challenge of that they come from the way these combine to like make sequences and i feel like the sequences are never that long in titanfall you just like a couple of maybe you'll do four walls in a row but yes you're never doing like at the the part i was like oh finally they're going to give me like the hard challenges it was the last room (laughs) it was the last right it never it never gets to what this game should be which is the Bionic Commando never touch the floor stuff, right? Yes. Um, that The possibility space that doesn't exist in the game because the game's so built around very deliberate, very designed moments of this is what you do in this level and it builds to the conclusion and then you go into the next level and there's a new and, idea. And also, it's it's like a game built around convincing shooter players to not play it like a shooter, right? Right. <laughs> I so, don't need that. I'm a platformer player playing a shooter really wanting to play it like a platformer. <laughs> so you come, so you have people like us who are like, oh, every game should be Mario 64. Why aspire like this? <laughs> um, and we come to this game obviously with that impression and then you have shooters who players who've been playing every call of duty campaign for like the last decade with um trying to think of other shooters in that time with like really interesting mechanical ideas and it's like i like halo but it's not even like reach or something doesn't have that much like interesting mechanical variations apart from the combats uh, yeah so like no wonder this blew people's minds who that was their entire framework for yeah the, the for problem genre. is the problem is, one, I already knew about effect and cause, but even if I didn't, if I had played this when this game was new, I would have been like, I've already played three games that do this exact same mechanic, but are better about it, because it's the focus of the game. Mm-hmm. I ended up feeling like, I, and I knew this would probably be the case, but I ended up feeling very frustrated with this level in particular as the one people hang on to, when both the levels beside it are the best levels in this game, and some of the best shooter levels I've ever played. Uh, yeah, I think they're much better. Also, they feel much more complete. Um yes. This feels like a mechanic that could have been a game but isn't. Uh, yes. It ends up feeling kind of like a demo. And I know that the, if you go into the um, Titanfall Wikipedia, there's like backstory on this stuff. 
which is this was the first level they made like they're making levels but this was the first one they made that like solidified this is what the game is um, mm-hmm. when they had a working playable build of this de- level and like some of the team wanted it to be the game and the, apparently the lead designer at the level was like no I think we should do more interesting things but it would get boring if it was the whole game and I, I think he might be right with the forms Titanfall would t- like I don't think Titanfall 2 has it within itself to become the game it needs to be to make that the whole game yeah I agree <laughs> Uh, so I I think that was probably a good choice, but you know, in a world that where there's no like, we I mean there probably are there must be some really interesting first person platformer type stuff in the world. Uh, yeah. But yeah, the, I I feel like it's telling that I did not miss my time travel powers until the very end when the game was bad again. <laughs> yes. Because uh, the next level, which is called the Beacon, uh, maybe the single best mission in a shooter I've ever played. Uh, I think I, I think I'll probably end up picking Halo levels above this, but that's just because of my Halo affection. But yeah, it's one of them. It's absolutely one of them. So um, the thing with this is the games the, like this level starts and you're stomping towards like a bee. You have to send a transmission to the good guys. Whatever. I don't give a shit about the story. <laughs> yes. Uh, I I didn't even understand who the factions were until towards the end of the game because the story is not an existent thing and assumes that you cared about a radio drama in a game nobody played. Uh, <laughs> yep. Uh, anyway, you're stomping to this thing and you're going through some poison fields with BT. So you have to be in the robot. And then there's enemies hidden in the mists of these poison fields and you fight them and that's cool. And then you go into this outpost where your guys are and they're like, oh, finally, someone who has a Titan and knows what the hell they're doing. We need you to get into this dangerous place and get an arc reactor for us. And you're like, okay, well, I'm the pilot. I'm the main character. So I'm going to go do that. And so you go into this area where they're like, everyone who went in and was killed. Like, don't worry. I'm a main character. I've got this. And you do very cool, like platforming as you go into this space with all these walls that are electrified and turning on and off. You grab the arc reactor, which allows you to throw switches. You come back out in an amazing set of platforming levels where you're turning off and on giant turbines to like run across them or use them to fling yourself across levels. It's just the end of Portal 2, but good because it only lasts for 15 minutes instead of two hours. Um, Just amazing. Uh, And you come back and you come back to these guys and like, holy shit, you're back as you're wall running like across like a bunch of turbines that you're shooting to turn off as you run, like fly towards them. And everyone's just like cheering, like you're the fucking video gamer. And you're like, hell yeah, I'm a video gamer. (laughs) And it feels great. And so you do all that. You're like, okay, we can, we can go into the big room where we can turn on the signal boost and you go into a room and it's just a big, like cerebro room, but all the walls are covered in the switches that your arc reactor turns on and you're whole task is to go in here and hold down the button and turn on all these goddamn switches it's one of the most cathartic things i've ever done in a video game as you just see all the switches because at this point you've just been turning with single switches on at a time and this has the same like so the gun later the auto locks on but this has the same reticle where the reticle is like half the screen uh, and so long as the switch is within that uh the arc reactor will automatically target it so you just kind of like generally point this at this at the wall and then spin around the circle and yes. Click, 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 click. It's so satisfying. So you come out, you're like, I'm a badass. I did all this. And they're like, okay, time to turn on the signal. They do that. And then far up on like the, you're looking out the window, this giant radar dish way up in the way. And as they turn on the signal, like counting down and then suddenly something sparks way out the distance. And they're like, oh shit, we need to go fix it manually. And it's just this, the amazing moment of God of War where you climb the mountain and they're like, wait, there's another bigger mountain right over the top of this mountain. <laughs> Except this one is cool. Cause BT's like, I pilot, we must go. And I'm like, hell yeah, we're going to climb that giant 
giant tower and get on a radar dish. And I'm like, that's all I want to do in life. Uh, and so you go up there with BT and you cross the poison fields again. Uh, you're just like talking because you killed everyone. There's nothing to worry about. You go up to this radar dish and you get there and BT's like, oh, there's nowhere to climb up, uh, but I've got an idea. And you see these big panels up in the sky held by cranes. And BT's like, I could just throw you. It'll be fine. And you're like, is this a good idea, BT? And BT's like, we got nothing else. So I'm going to throw you and you're going to do it and don't die. And you're like, okay, I'm not going to die because I'm the video gamer. And what happens is like 30 minutes of you ascending this structure by being tossed in the air, running across crane panels, then getting onto cranes and turning the panels in different directions to climb up the superstructure, but only as you dangle over the air through scaffolding, just breathless platforming, beautiful wall running nonsense. And I love it. It's really good. It's incredibly good. Uh, and so you do all that stuff. You get everything organized to get up there. You turn off, you replace like whatever the machine is that's broken in the signal flare. And then you come all the way down and then you fight another mech in the mists. And you're like, it's the big boss fight. And once again, you're fighting in all of this gas again. But, but because it's a boss and you know how the game works by now, because you're two thirds of the way through it, you kill that boss in about 23 seconds. <laughs> You just you just turn on tone. You get the lock, and you do the thing over and over again until it explodes. It's not hard. They uh, keep giving you new weapons, and the only one you want is the one that automatically locks on with the like seven yeah, rockets. Yeah, it's, it's the second weapon you get. The one where you shoot it three times, and then you launch a bunch of rockets, and you do that over and over again. It's the only one you want. Um, you know, yep. Salvo core online, and then you just unload and you win. There's even more rockets. Yes, uh, and you do all that, and then they send the signal out, and you're like, we did it everything's saved and then there's still three more missions but the game should be over now because this is the best it has the entire like complicated uh like rising action you get to the climax and then oh you're brought down because actually they didn't solve the problem and then there's a bigger cooler thing you do and then you fight the boss at the end and now you did the thing the game's over it is the, the entire game is in one mission it is the video game level right it is yes. capital letters it is perfect video game level teach this yep. in schools don't teach the other one it's not as good as these at these like core ideas yes uh, um, like they're both really good levels, but it, this is the like peak of how it's had and full structures itself. And then after yes. this, they decide that there needs to be a story again. Um, and this, you know, then there's the fake Normandy Beach level where you don't go. Yeah, there's a fake Normandy Beach where you die a bunch because the game expects you to stick with your squad, even though that's never been a thing before. Uh, yep, I, that that when I played that level the first time, that was when I was like, I think the response to this game is too hyperbolic. It's not that good because and then, coming down after this yes. incredible level into the, the like actively bad fake Normandy Beach sequence. Yes, uh, and then you, then you failed to get the MacGuffin you were racing for, so now you're standing on a airship and then you have to get on another like an enemy airship and take that out but then they give you three other guys for no good reason and they're just doing the same cool shit you do which makes you doing the cool shit much less fun when you see an ai doing the same thing um yep. and they'll just they'll just clear the level for you if you let them yeah i was just like i'm just gonna let you guys do it i'm done i'm bored this game's <laughs> over <laughs> uh, yep. then well, you guess... have maybe maybe the worst boss fight that should be cool in the world where you fight the mech on the ship that's flying around you yeah, because there's one mech that can just fly, and so he's just destroying ships left and right, and everyone's like, oh, fuck, this mech's going to like mess up our entire fleet. Um, so you fight that mech, and then uh, BT, uh, like, there's a big sacrifice. Well, the fight is just, he pans back and forth as you hit him with your sniper rifle a couple times. It's not even, like, interesting. Yes. yes. Uh, I mean, I I think that they, they don't figure out in this game how to make the in-mech single-player stuff mechanically interesting. 
Yeah. Um, like, I think it is well balanced for the multiplayer. Um, I understand how they got to the Titans as concepts, but they can't do, like, here's the mechanic for this level, because you just, there's no movement tech to, like, the, um, anything that you do in the Titan. You just kind of go fast no. and yeah. do your boosts when they recharge. Uh, yep. And you do the best you can, but you're still a big, slow robot. So the the fights just become fights. Uh, and all you do is, when your health is low, you get behind a thing, wait for it to recharge, and try to find um, find a health pack. That's the only the only strategy in any of the bosses, is that. Uh, the final yep. boss of the game um, is the most annoying one of those, because with every other boss, you can just unload and they die. But this boss will disappear after like each third of their health bar. Yes. And then you have to kill some mooks, which is when you know the game designers just have nothing. <laughs> yeah. Is oh, phase oh, you knocked off a third of my life. Phase. I'm gonna phase out, and now I'm gonna make a wave of enemies. And you're like, ah, oh, the video game's almost over. I can feel them. <laughs> meanwhile, in my bones. meanwhile, the person on your comms is just shouting at you that you must go faster. And no, it's a very scripted. I have to fight these three waves of enemies and knock off a third of the boss's health each time. <laughs> yeah, video games. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, it's there's, there's things in that that should be cool, right? Like, so you will run on the side of your own ship to navigate the outside of the enemy ship. That's yes in concept is incredibly cool but as you said because you did it with a squad of other enemies it's much less cool and they're all other ai characters not enemies they i guess they're on your side yes. that's how much i care about the, the factions of yeah. Titanfall. But there's like there's like this ridiculous part where you and all the other pilots are like about to break through a window and kill everyone in the control room with this enemy ship and everyone's like calling their spots like it's an ubisoft multiplayer demonstration and they're like you ready and then you're like yeah i'm gonna call one shot and i'm gonna call my spot too and then they blow the window and they kill everyone in three seconds because they're scripted ais that just do the thing that looks cool and you're left standing there being like well i guess i was here i contributed uh it's it's even dumber than that because i think i mean did you shoot the glass before that conversation played out i'm trying to yes it doesn't break i walked up to that glass and was immediately unloading before they even started talking about needing to breach the glass so then what happens is that all the enemies on the other side of that go there's enemies on the other side they're pointing guns at us and then just dutifully wait in the glass yes (laughs) yes they just all stand there with their guns out until they get mowed down by the scripted sequence and like when you first fire the gun there's like a line this glass is bulletproof we've got to break through and they do turn around to look they acknowledge you and they're like, oh shit, the enemies are here. And they start pacing and they start raising their guns. But they don't realize that they're all obviously about to get mowed away because they've got the disadvantageous petition. They don't like regroup or go yeah. to their, or man their stations. There's nothing. They just wait pacing in their idle animations back and forth until they yes. all get mowed down. Yes. And you don't even have to do any of the mowing down because there's four of you that are all scripted to kill all the enemies for you. And they've all got their own, you know, like quips. Yes, they are all very quippy in a way that uh, Cooper wants to be, but never actually is. Like, no. actual video game protagonists show up, and it's insufferable. Yeah, and you're like, oh, this writing could be even worse. There could have been more of it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That was my response to all this section. Uh, and then the like actual plot of the game happens, which, over the course of the next two missions... Um, so, first thing that happens is, after... Uh, you destroy this flying mech. Uh, you're about to go onto the ship and like take everyone out, but uh, the flying mech like comes back and like does a suicide attack on BT. Um, and then hard cut to you being captured by the main guy, by the main enemy. Well, no, in you get fortress. the MacGuffin weapon and you shove it in BT's chest, and then BT protects you as the ship goes down. Oh, right. That's right. Yes. That's how it ends up going. Yes. Um, and then hard cut to being on the other person's ship. Yes. Uh, Blisk is his name. 
Yes. Yeah. Important character. Hold down the X button to resist torture. <laughs> yes. You don't even hold down the X button. Yeah, no. But no. It, it reminded me so much of Middle Metal Gear. Where... <laughs> right. Instead, instead, what happens is he's like, are you going to give up the... like? He, he can only follow your commands because laws of robotics or whatever uh so are you gonna open up the thing and uh, uh you know are you gonna open up the thing because we can't blow it up because it would destroy our the mcguffin um so we're gonna give this very contrived torture scene and then you get the up and down options which are both telling him to fuck off in different cutesy ways yes um and then eventually bt like sends you an encrypted privacy and like just go, just open it up uh, trust me and then you open it up and bt punched them out and they they take it but you are safe. You haven't been killed. Well, uh, and the the person who becomes the final villain, even though she's like the third tier lieutenant villain, just <laughs> unloads into BT and kills him basically. And you pull off his head, and in that is the memory core. It's like a it's like a survival kit, like a last ditch survival kit that is a knife and uh, apparently the gun from the first game. Yeah, so that's where you get the cool gun that has the. It's a, the it's the coolest gun I've ever seen. Um. Because it's what if a super fast pistol uh, could hit anything and it's and it's like lock on radius, uh, yes. and then you immediately, well then you immediately uh, get dropped a new robot which which greets you with a different voice. So <laughs> I want to briefly get mad about Titanfall's story for a second. I don't remember the robot saying anything until you plug BT in because the they pull Sarah Sarah Briggs specifically says I'm pulling out the core and dropping it to you. Oh, do they? I thought yes. We, Okay, I thought, well, the robot does definitely have a different registration number when it drops. Yes, but Sarah Briggs pulls out whatever that AI is and then drops the robot. Okay, because I thought you were erasing another another. No, no, being. no. You're given. You're just given a okay. dummy body to plug BT right, well, into. Well, in that case, that's fine, I guess. But also, the idea of the AIs in this universe make no sense in a way that if this game was had a story that mattered, I'd be mad about, right? But luckily, it's all bad. Well, they, the 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 actual AIs just like look like giant K cups that you plug into the giant robot. <laughs> but they're like completely fully autonomous beings. Why do they need pilots? Like, other than pilots are cool and the fantasy of that. Well, I mean, this is, like, a bigger question, but the implication of this game is that pilots are badasses not because they are, like, the best soldiers, but because of something that happens to them when they link with the robots, right? Right, yeah. Like, the c- connection is the thing, and that's, like, a theme in a lot of it. Like, you know, you get in the robot, the you being in the robot makes you and the robot better. They're developing a new Gundam because Arrow is making the joints too fast. Like, this I is... I mean, the well, robot... The thing, the thing is, the Gundam never... Get, becomes a better person because he pilots in it, right? No, because uh, it's not. It's not. Like, <laughs> and also, no gun of protagonist to date has ever come out of the robot being like, "Wow, I'm much cooler at life now." <laughs> <laughs> like the uh, way the way Jack Cooper literally fucking like slaps the back of every soldier at the end of this game because now he's the fucking cool guy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I, I guess we want I want to punt that and have like a slightly broader discussion about the way interfaces with mech stuff. Yeah, uh, we'll finish the game first, which is that. So after they've established that you can just pl- unplug the AI cores from the enemies, yeah, um, oh, the, from the mechs, and just give them new bodies. Uh, yes. You then do the final thing, get to the final boss, fight the final boss, and there's a very contr- well. There's one thing that should be the coolest thing in the world, which is that the big gun is about to fire. The big planet destroying gun is about to fire. Uh, and the way you are going to disrupt this, because it's too late to eject the core, is to stand in the barrel of the planet-killing gun and explode. <laughs> uh, which, unquestionably the coolest thing in the world. Uh, unfortunately, I don't care about any of the like, people or the situation. Yeah. Uh, 
but it is conceptually very cool. Uh, yes. And then, like, uh, BT does the uh, op, uh, priority three, protect the pilot, and ejects you and sacrifices himself. And I'm like, did you not want to eject your AI call? You could have easily pre-programmed this. We've already just, we've already had, you've already sacrificed yourself once in this game. And it ended up being not a sacrifice. You can't then do another sacrifice literally half and those an are hour literally, later. Those are literally 15 to 20 minutes apart. <laughs> yeah, half an hour is generous. Like, you, you, yeah. you get the robot again, then you get back on the other ship and then do the sacrifice. That's it. That's the whole game. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and it's like, what? Am I meant to care? Yeah. Like, I already only half cared the first time, but you can't expect me to care when you do it the second time. Yes. Like, I understand expecting people to care the first time. Like, I haven't bought into the story, but sure. Do your big sacrifice you've been building yes. to. Then reveal it as hollow. You can't then just do it again! <laughs> and then when you blow up the big planet-killing gun, there's this, like, frozen time ultimate platforming sequence, but actually, you've already done seven other better platforming sequences, so it just feels like an anticlimax. Because it's uh, meant it was, to be the coolest version. It's meant to be the end of Bionic Commando, where he's like flying up high into the sky, grappling on mechs, and there's nothing left but mechs in the air, right? Man, but it's I not should, that. I should finish Bionic Commando. I should play Bionic Commando 2009. <laughs> yes. Because that's a, that's a not very good, but pretty cool game. Yes. Uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's weird. It's, it's, it's um frustrating because... It, like sacrifices what like if it was just hey here's a cool platforming sequence do this without the like urgency of whatever narrative bullshit it would be very cool to have a final challenge in a game like in the platforming version of this game that's what you do in the version where they still have to sell as a shooter people who need the like dramatic climax of their story uh, you cannot pour you, they can't make that something that you could conceivably fail yes um because then the momentum's gone yes uh, so yeah, it's it's just and then 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 it literally it's like um the year is double eighty and they pan out and the war ends. Yes. And the credits roll because the game was made uh, very quickly. Yes. Uh, and that's the end of the game. And then well, the, like, then the credits of Jack Cooper fucking swaggering his way through a parade of soldiers who are all like, "You're the main guy. You did it. Congratulations. You're a big boss now." Uh, happens. Sarah Briggs shows up with the worst hair in video games. Yep. Uh, Respawn being like, Ubisoft can't animate women, but we can. But not understanding that that means you have to give them hair that doesn't look like a nightmare, uh, because it's the worst. Uh, and then you find out that the team of soldiers you were with during that mission where I complained about all the soldiers was a very diverse team of people of different <laughs> ethnicities and beliefs because they all get different names. <laughs> One of them's a lady. Basically, as it pans over that entire thing, and I also was like thinking of the fucking Assassin's Creed title card. <laughs> Good. Uh, we're the same person sometimes. Uh, I want my soldiers to be more diverse. <laughs> I mean, you do. I mean, yes, Apex Legends in digital source now. God, I guess that. Yeah, they just did that. Fuck. They just did that. Yeah. Uh, anyway. <laughs> and and then, then you get a new cool mech, but then at the very last, it's just the helmet on the table, and it it does a Morse code of some assumingly BT going Jack question mark the end. Yep. As it comes back, as it's clearly BT coming back to life in whatever blinky thing. Um, yeah. Because, you know, that, char- that character of BT that you definitely care about. I know people, do, people do care about the robot. And I, I'm just yeah, baffled. We got, I, we got Peter Cullen's cheaper brother to voice this robot for three hours. And people are going to care, damn it. It's not even the best uh, sacrificial robot from a Call of Duty game in 2016. 
<laughs> That's a damn shame. <laughs> I had the robot in Infinite Warfare's better. Okay. Uh, but that you know that. That's the playing field, I guess. Uh, but no. yeah, it's Titanfall too. I had a, I had a good time. I think that the last, you know, we we went through why we didn't like the backstretch of the game. Uh, but the bits where it is like a new vision for shooter design, more in line with the games we like, I guess is a better way to yes. put it. Uh, yes, is great. Last third's terrible, honestly. Yes. Uh, Except yeah. for that ninety second sequence where you have the coolest gun on earth, and they just tell you to be cool and run on walls, and I'm like, yeah, I've been doing that all along, my dudes. Uh, and it's yeah, and it's played as a massive catharsis, and it kind of is, but it's over before it begins. Yeah. Uh, but it is cool. Yeah. So, what else do you want to talk about? We want to briefly just talk about the lore. And do you how... want to open the fucking gulf of talking about this versus Gundam and? Yeah, mad well, okay. for real. Is there, okay, is there anything else we need to talk about before we're going to get into Gundam talks? Because I, I want to put up a big thing because we'll probably talk about like if you've not seen Gundam, you're not going to get anything out of this next discussion. So there's anything. Well, then we else... should probably do it after our emails then, so people can okay, just stop listening. Let's do the emails and then we'll end on a big. We've done a Gundam podcast for two years discussion. <laughs> a year and a half, but yes. Uh, okay, fine. Um, okay, so let's do the emails. send us emails about anything the games we're playing games we haven't played or have played and not doing podcasts about whatever you want you want to email us about stadia thoughts that we had last episode we can talk about stadia again i don't give a shit uh you can send those to podcast at normalmapping.com we have four questions jackson do you want to take the first one yes when i load up the emails okay um let me go to the thing okay we have one from mitchell who says, uh, I'm, in a min- I'm in a minority that may literally just be me, but can you validate or refute my thought? I love Titanfall 1 when it got to PC. Uh, and played- Did that game not come out of PC at launch? You should check this while I read this. No, it, it absolutely. I remember it when it hit PC. That was just on Xbox One? <laughs> it was probably only like a month or two. It was one of those that was delayed, but not super delayed, but just enough for everyone to buy it and then buy it again because video game reviewers have infinite income when it comes to buying video games. This is my memory of the podcast I listened to of people who got that game twice, probably didn't pay for it, but then talked about buying the Titanfall 1 twice when it's a game you shouldn't have bought once. Uh, yeah, God. I mean, Apex Legends was a stroke of luck for Respawn, I guess. Yes. Uh, I was on board for two when it was announced when it was verified that certain actions in the game were switched to third person. I gave the game a miss. The first person perspective was vital to me to integrate with the freedom of movement mechanics and even when it was faked entering the Titan, uh, I eventually played the single player on PS4. Uh, Even when it was faked entering the Titan. Full stop. I eventually played the single player on PS4 and it really is wonderful. Interestingly, you don't break third person in there. Am I being a bit of a head case in considering this so important? Um, Yeah, uh, not to just... I don't want to I mean, say you're like, being a execu- Executions still break first person. Uh, executions break first person. You break first person when you get into the mech. Uh, 
Not every time, but some of the times. But the, the main animation I'm thinking of kind of like leaps out of your head yes. uh, as you see the run-up and then you kind of go into a different first person, which is BT's perspective, not your perspective. Yes. Uh, I think it's fine. I, I mean, my my basic opinion of this is that Half-Life has poisoned everyone to think that that's what immersion is, and it's not. Yeah, like, I, I don't care. Like, even if this game was, like, cut to third person occasionally, I'd be like, that's fine. Um, I think I like that it's in first person for the platforming sequences and makes that work. Um, yes. But, I yeah. This could be a game where you control the robot in third person and I would have basically the same opinion of it. Yeah. I understand. We just we don't really care about Half-Life. Remember when we were going to do Half-Life? I mean, we still might. We still might. We still might. It's probably not going to be this year, but we still might. Um, next question is from Blogger of the Year and friend of the site, Dia Lucina. Uh, thank you for the lovely podcasting. Thank you, Dia. Uh, she has one question. What the fuck is with the space Afrikaners? Do you have uh, any idea? Uh, yeah, Neil Blomkamp. <laughs> is that really the only reason? No, no. Because I have, I have like game. an actual reason why they would choose this over Neil Blomkamp choosing it. That makes sense. He's from South Africa. Uh, so my, so what is your, what is your actual reason? Because uh, South Africans are a very easy way to get all of the signposting of foreign yep. villains without offending anybody. They have a goofy accent. You can put them in all sorts of weird like outfits, and no one's gonna bat an eye because oh, they're just white people, and they're bad white people. They're yeah, the no. white people who did the one racism that white people could ever be safely accused of in this <laughs> the past century, which is South Africa's apartheid. It's the only one that ever happened, as far as anyone's concerned. It's completely. <laughs> It's, it's like, the, it, you know how people make the like, ha ha ha, and I'm doing a French racism joke on Twitter. It's that, but in reality for actual, how you like, <laughs> signal uh, the other without offending anyone and make it like, because you can't do an ominous, like non-white villain, especially when you're making your, um, you know, uh, your yes. diverse set of soldiers that you pan through at the end. Yes. Uh, yeah. It is absolutely focus tested to be the one of those that you can get that without it <laughs> offending anyone. Yes. One of the mech pilots is literally just wearing like a fucking Far Cry Primal like skin of like a <laughs> mammoth he slaughtered and no one mentions it. It's just a thing that he wears all the time. <laughs> yep. Yep. He is. You know, it's weird. I, the enemy, the bad guy designs in this game. I hate, I think they're really bad. Cause I mean, they definitely, so like they go through the, um, the other pilots, right. The, the enemy pilots, uh, and they're all because they've all got their own like it's this here's the German one right here's the space Africanas one here's the one that's going to be like I'm going to kill you lads <laughs> like yes. everyone has a ridiculous accent um, for no real reason I don't know they're just they're just meant to be the mercenary freelancers yes well, one, of freelancers the, one of the women is the cool robot lady and one of the women is your goth DF the two versions of woman. <laughs> Those are the, uh, the no the three. There's, there's there's the British one as well. I guess is she the British goth GF? Is that the same woman? I guess so. Yeah, there's Sloane, who's the goth GF, and then there's okay. the cool robot lady. Right, she is British goth GF. That is a certain goth GF genre. Yeah, whatever. And then there's Sarah Briggs, who's for people who just want tough girls. I want strong female characters. <laughs> when you definitely understand what that means, Sarah Briggs uh, with Sarah hair Briggs that would that. make Tetsuro Nomura blush with how fucking <laughs> terrible it is. I'm never gonna let this go. She comes up and she's got like a she fucking looks like, Waka. like yeah, she's got like a fucking Waka pompadour, but it's like multiple feathered layers of textures because they don't know how to do hair in this game because it's a shooter. I mean, in the Source Engine. <laughs> But they're definitely like, no. We have to. We have to give these characters truly definite, like these interesting designs, and then they have to make their hair with a character model. Yes, 
Because it's really not set up how funny it is to see that character model because you see her in the like pre-rendered she, window. She's the first person you see who is not like a like grimy villain or a person in a cyber suit. And yeah, it's this lady with the fucking walk of hair. But you've seen her a couple times before in like the yes. uh, the preview window where they just like put up someone's character art when they yes. when they call you in the radio. And she doesn't look as ridiculous there, but then her model shows up and there's a whole 20 second sequence where she's like, maybe I'm going to take the robot away from you. Yes. Um, God. Anyway, uh, we have another question here uh, from Ian, uh, who says Titanfall feels so good to play, but one of my favorite things about it that I don't really remember people talking about is how sincere it is about all its bullshit writing. Uh, the game seems like it's setting up some sort of twist or larger point, but it never pays off because the writers didn't understand the world they created is fucked up. They're entirely critical and unself-aware. Uh, the world is meant to be interpreted exactly as it is pretended to you. That's not to say I expected some sort of critical self-appraisal from most of the FPSs, and certainly not from the people who brought us Modern Warfare 1 and 2. But those games, shitty and juvenile as they are, have something to say. They have themes. Titanfall 2 defies themes. I'd probably find the game more troubling uh, if it hadn't been an enormous failure, as it seems like the like harm it could have industrially committed in the in the space uh, has been relatively minimal. Uh, everything around the campaign loops rack around to being just funny to me. Thanks for the podcast. You're all great. Um, so... We're going to go deep into the themes of Titanfall, uh, engaged, like, earnestly presented and implied through the design. Uh, a little bit more detail in a moment in the Gundam spoiler yeah. segment, I guess. Yes. Um, but as a short version of this answer, uh, y- yes. Like, the game, the, the, the game does have... like the, the broader Titanfall lore has been created with some thematic consideration. I think it's bad, and we'll get into why in a minute. Um... But this is also separated from that and a game they kind of had to throw together because no one bought their first game and then their version of... They they built this campaign pretty quickly. Like, there was originally a more cinematic campaign that they scrapped and then, you know, like, it, it didn't... This was a fairly rushed game and you can feel that. And so I understand why it's kind of a... You know, it doesn't have as much of a central point as Modern Warfare 1 and 2 do. Um which I could talk about the themes of those games, but I probably I won't go into that too much right now. I think those games are very interesting. Um, not good, but the 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 slide from the first game's like cynicism of war um, into full on false flag bullshit in two is a very interesting slide to just watch happen between those two games as how it represents the like cultural slide from the two thousands to the twenty tens. Uh, but that's my bullet point take on those games, I guess. Uh, but yeah, I would put a pin in these questions because we'll come back to them in a moment. Yep. Uh, then we have one last email from uh, Tron, once again, writing Yo! in. Uh, this is for you. Since you've played Halo, Jackson, how do you Hello. feel Titanfall 2 feels in comparison to Halo? Uh, the combat is not as good, uh, but the movement is better because it is a game that is a very different design sensibility. Uh, I actually end up... So this is mostly just me um, because... I play Halo and Titanfall fairly similarly um, in a way that you're not necessarily meant to. Halo is a game about um, dynamic combat encounters because they spent a lot of money making that Bungie AI. uh, And so you want to be playing the combat and it'll go a different way every time. uh, And you go from combat to combat and they are interesting and engaging like combat challenges. Uh, I play Halo like that, but I also play Halo with the, in this propulsive sense where I generally like to play it on lower difficulties so I don't have to kill all the enemies. Uh, so in Titanfall 2, I like, do a similar thing 
in that these are these are both games which I think are at their best when the enemies are not the obstacle. The obstacle is getting through the enemies to the end of the, like the space challenge, uh, and killing the enemies is optional and only necessary in so much as those enemies impede your ability to stay alive. Um, and I think that. Uh, when Halo is at its best, there are moments, especially in Reach, the like the last stretch of Reach leans into this in a big way, uh, and I think that those two games do things similarly very well. But I actually generally think that Halo's got a much different sen- sensibility. It doesn't mechanically switch up its things. Its set pieces are much more about combat design. Uh, so I, I, apart from my approach being similar because I'm the same person, uh, I actually think they're very different games that don't compare uh, that well at all. I think Halo's more co- cohesive, but that's because it's you know. A- a much older game that's very classic and basically changed con- console shooters forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have a preference for hit scan or projectile types of guns and shooters? Uh, I prefer hit scan guns. I prefer projectile guns. I think. Well, I mean, I prefer I prefer to be fighting enemies with projectile guns and use hit scan guns. I just like projectile guns. Okay. I like being able to miss. Uh, that's fair, I guess. I mean, I don't think I don't think it's like great for this game, but in general, my preference is for like I'm a person who really likes to use like the fucking like pistols and, sh- and sniper rifles and shotguns. Like I don't ever want a fucking machine gun in my life. Mm-hmm. A bit more machine gun uh, appropriate than you, but I will. I will. You know, I like a good shotgun. I always had yep. that shotgun on me in this game. Uh, there are two very good shotguns in this game. One of them is much better than the other one. Uh, which one do you think is the better one? The, the the less powerful one because it doesn't you can you know you can you can shoot it more automatically okay i really like that big spread shotgun it's fucking amazing it takes too long to reload it does take too long to reload <laughs> got murdered a couple times by robots waiting for that thing to reload there you go <laughs> um, uh but yeah uh i i like the hit scan weapons because i like the feeling of the shotguns and the you know i i like to press a gun and it hits the guy um but I would prefer to... The, Halo does this. This is the Halo design, is that the enemies, the Covenant use energy weapons that are projectile weapons, and the humans use bullets that are hitscan weapons. And so that is just what shooter design is and should be to me, because I played it so young and I played it so much that that is just what I'm going to compare these things to. Well, I'm so always... I'm always Every time I play a shooter, I'm like, I should really play Sniper Elite. So that's my response to all of this. Oh, you, we, should, we should do Sniper Elite. Uh, sure. We could do that sometime. Yeah, you do next year or later this year. No, we honestly should. Yeah, that's fine. Um, there's a question about Titanfall versus Call of Duty. Which do you prefer? I think we both would say Titanfall here, right? Titanfall. It's a better game. I mean, yeah. I'll play Call of Duty right now because no one's playing Titanfall. Yeah. Uh, would you be into playing a shooter like Titanfall 2 with Doom level 1 levels of speed? That would be impossible to play. Yeah, that would be impossible to play, especially because Titanfall 2 is, in a sense, a way to translate the feeling of those games into a modern game with modern controls and hitscan weapons. Yes. Uh, and then there was, a t- uh, the last question uh, I'm going to read here was about uh, some of Dia's tweets about this game and leaning into its colonialist themes and language, which I feel like leads us into talking about the broader unpacking the Gundam box. But before we do that, let's just uh, do our last little bit. If you don't want to listen to us talk about Gundam and this game, I don't think we're going to spoil like deep into yeah. Gundam or anything, but we are going to, we are going to compare this we are going to compare this explicitly to Mobile Suit Gundam, definitely, uh, and the broader like early UC stuff. If you're not interested in that, I, I understand. Um, but that's how we're gonna. That's our frame of reference for a mech thing about the space frontier. Um, 
If you're not interested in that, come back in a couple weeks. We're going to play, be playing Double May Cry 3. We'll do the rest of the sign-offs after this, but that's what we're doing. Yep. Um, so now it's time to open the big box labeled Death Robot. Wow, cool robot. War is bad. Let's do it. It's the Devil's the Machine. The Project. <laughs> so if you've never listened to it... If you've never listened to the Great Gundam Project, which is the uh, Patreon podcast we do, we have been watching Mobile Suit Gundam for years. Uh, for one and a half years, if you ask <laughs> One you. and a half years, not even years. <laughs> Two, that, if you ask S me. is in a bracket. <laughs> Look, we've been watching Gundam for what feels like our entire lives, and I guess that it part is absolutely but it, true. <laughs> but it has been a, it has been a measurable, like it has caused an actual change in not just how we approach art, but how we think about politics and the world. Just doing close reads on a show this specific this week, like week to week, has been beneficial for our lives, and it puts us in the perfect position to talk about the themes of Titanfall Two. So, do you want to tell me what those are? Because I sure don't know what they are. <laughs> Having so, played Titanfall 2. <laughs> I watched a video that is not about Titanfall 2. It came out before Titanfall 2. Uh, but it is the only real one that I found. I didn't find like, a good one. There's a million ones of these for Destiny or what have you. Uh, people actually care about that game. Uh, saying breaking down the Titanfall universe and lore and story. Uh, mm-hmm. And such as it is. Um, th- so it, I'm going to break it down into a couple, into a couple moments. So... Um, Titans get invented uh, by this this company, the IMC. Well, it's, it's, it's got a different name, but I, I'm kind of blanking on some of the names. It's like the something corporation. There's, there's a name. There's an Anaheim Electronics equivalent that basically invents Titans. And around the same time as Titans being discovered, uh, they discover fast and light travel and can warp around the galaxy. Uh, mm-hmm. They A place in space is discovered called the Frontier. Uh, the frontier. The is, frontier is not a place. The frontier is an idea, Jackson. Well, no. In Titanfall, there is a specific. The frontier is not spatial in general. The frontier is a specific region in space. Okay. So that's not how frontier, anything works. But okay. We've got to get through their definitions first. Yeah. Uh, so the frontier is a region in space that is identified as being very good uh, for expansion because not only does it have a lot of terraformable planets. Uh, but it, these planets are very, very close to each other and don't require huge jumps to get between habitable planets and one another. It's like a fairly vibrant set of systems. I think it's multiple systems. They, they play it like it's multiple systems. Um, but that's the frontier. It's a section of the Milky Way. Uh, the IMC go there and start their colonization efforts. They start terraforming the planets. Uh, but then, because the frontier's far away, uh, they leave. They, they give up on the project. Uh, a couple hundred years later, they return, going, we're now ready, we've got the money, we've got the technology, we're going to go uh, get back to the frontier and use it to get its resources and, you know, make everything better for the world, because we're the big world-owning corporation. Uh, but they get back there and find that the descendants of the original colonists of, like, the frontiers, like, now a bustling society with its own uh, culture uh, and... The IMC come and they're like, "Hey, we are going to. We own you. Actually, you you don't have the right to like break away from us. This is we're going to claim this place. The militia form, which are just a loose alliance of people in the frontier, because uh, there's no central power in the frontier. It's just there's the frontier are like different states, and they form militia rather than forming into like a central government to fight uh, the IMC. Okay. Uh, yeah. No, I know. <laughs> I know." <laughs> And that, that's basically the conflict, is that the IMC want want the resources and want control of the space and think it is... you, you th- They think they are unfair to break away from Earth, um, 
the frontier militia think that they can't they the imc don't have control over them uh and they should respect the like in the natives of this place now the way this is wrong and bad and breaks down is that they're not natives of this place they're just the first colonists that were like left alone for a bit uh, well yeah then you end up with the gundam situation where it's not like settler colonialism in the way we think it where people are displaced right. it is the victims of imperialism like this is the part where in double zeta gundam i read lenin to understand what this situation was because it's <laughs> yes. not normal settler colonialism it's not settler colonialism and i mean we, i got a very we got a very good tweet i was working through this and i was talking to our friend camille um which is uh -huh. that this is what happens when you write gundam but your only framework for um I, this is what camille said to me i'm quoting camille at this point uh this is what happens when you write Gundam, but your only framework for what Gundam is and what like a revolution looks like is the American Revolution. Yes. You basically have the original colonies rebelling against uh, the people that sent them there. And in a very direct, like, you don't control us type way, it's not the same. Th like, So what Gundam does and how it portrays space noids is that they didn't want to go to space. No. Like, they were moved. They were the burgeoning population moved into space. Yeah. And... The the space node identity in Gundam is not one of we are the original founders of this place. It is based around specifically being abandoned by the Earth Federation and in wanting to self determine in the face of oppression that has been forced upon them. This is yes. much more we own this because we're the natives because you get like it's just the good colonists versus the bad colonists. This is like the fucking uh, like Oklahoma land grabbers who fought the government like a couple right. years ago, right? Yes, yeah. yeah. It's just that, but it it thinks because it like I was going through this video and it, like it's a law video, right? Like I guess this is our law reasons, but we didn't have time. Yeah. Uh, so I have not nuanced nuance wise gone into the like radio play. I've seen some clips and everything, uh, but I have not seen all the material there is to see. Maybe they dig into any of this, uh, but as it looks to me, it is like they've created that they've they think this is a very progressive situation and there will literally be moments where in that video they talked about how the imc thought they would win this fight handily but they couldn't beat the militia even with its lesser resources because the militia had a better understanding and connection to like the planets and the spaces uh which is just like bleh, as the dominoes fall on what you're saying there <laughs> like all the things yes. that you're pulling from you're like you can't do that uh, so that's what Titanfall is. It's a massive mess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, playing through the game, trying to pay attention, I barely knew who the factions were. Like, there was an evil general who only showed up in, like, two cutscenes near the end, yes. uh, who was clearly directing all of the space Afrikaners to be evil, because they're all mercenaries. They don't actually give a shit. And then, literally, the bad, the, the big bad shows up right at the end, or the leader of these mer the mercenary Afrikaners, different than, like, the mercenaries you're part of, or the militia, sorry. That's not mercenaries. Slaps a big Apex sticker on your window at the end? I don't understand what that is other than an ad for Apex Legends to me, because I don't know what apex means so apex is his company and i and in that moment i suddenly realized <laughs> that, that they had that this wasn't planned right but now it reads very different yes um, so the, the, in the apex legends like pre-roll video um summarizing the philosophy of the game he'll be like it's simple you kill me you're better i kill you i'm better uh and that's like the quote about apex legends going around Mm -hmm. That's a quote from Titanfall 1, as I now know, <laughs> <laughs> as it plays at the end of Titanfall 1, because the story of Titanfall 1 is a story of basically some people in the IMC defecting to the militia and realizing... Okay. <coughs> 
the the good guy like the the central characters of the um uh of of the ten for one story are heroic IMC soldiers who want to do the best, but then over the time realize that they should you know fight with the natives against oppression. It's Avatar, but for weird fucking you know Oklahoma land grabbers metaphor. The anti Earth Union through. group. The anti Earth Union group. Yeah, Gundam's really good, is what I'm saying. <laughs> um, so in a world in which. <laughs> That is the like political context this is pulling from. One, it just makes Gundam look illegally good because it's thought about things. Yes, <laughs> it's like places stuff in real context. And two, it's like the game doesn't because the game's a shooter and it can't actually be about these things. It is deliberately tried to create a situation in which there is a forever war. Um, Gundam, the, the the Federation versus Zeon is not a forever war. It is a one-year war, in fact. <laughs> well, it's a one-year war, and then, like, reverberation, like, these themes will continue forever because Gundam's a franchise that goes forever and has, like, a form, right? Yes. But in the design of its universe, it is not set up monetarily to be the engine that powers a shooter. Um, yes. And I think that that colors a lot of any of Titanfall's ability to talk about any of the things it's doing. Yeah, uh, and it's it's just it's just weird. It's just, I feel like I've been talking too much, but then I guess I I was the one that watched the video. <laughs> yeah, no, you're the one who watched the video. Uh, the the other thoughts I have are specifically about how remember in Gundam in episode two where he does <laughs> the thing and he gets in the robot and then the Zeon soldiers are flying away in their normal suits as human beings and he can't fire. Yeah. This game leans into mowing down humans. I mean, you're already a rifleman. Like, you've shot dudes. Like, because not everyone's in the Titans. Like, a lot of soldiers are just holding guns, shooting other soldiers. You're not, like, a boy who gets in the robot. You're a already a trained killer because no. you uh, sh- you kill people for your government because you're a fucking soldier. And then you get put in the robot. There's no, there's no, there's no government. You just kill people because it's what you do. Well, whatever. <laughs> you're a rifleman. You're already engaged <laughs> yes. in combat. Like, whatever. In this de facto capitalist hellscape, you are part of what I... Like, like, uh, stands in for a state government, right? Yes. The militia The militia is, like, acting in the accordance of a state. That state might be a bunch of actors, like, roughly conglomerated. But in this game, it acts like you are the fucking Americans mowing down the, the space people who are not Americans. It might as well just be that. You're named Jack fucking Cooper. <laughs> yeah, and that's basically what it is. But I also think that I meant in a more immediate way of how... Gundam and this entire genre, even fucking Vodums, which is cool and like, look at these people, the robots kill the people. Uh, there is always a sense in all of the shows that I have seen of the violence done by giant mechanical machines to human bodies. Yes. And that is pure power fancy here. Uh, I you mean, are not meant to it's not even like a good power fantasy because the part where you can just like roll over guys and like, st- like you just step on them and that they're dead isn't even played up in any way. It's just a thing you can no, do. But it, that's what I mean. It's not commented on. It, when I just mow down a bunch of guys because I can, I'm not meant to think, I'm not, I'm not meant to think, wow, this is the greatest thing that ever happened to me. And I'm also not meant to think, holy shit, this is fucked up. It's just, these are just if enemies placed in a video game and now I've got a big gun. Uh, mm-hmm. that is what is happening and so it just it really struck me every time i got into the robot how little the game was concerned with ideas of what it means to have a gun that is bigger than all the people you are killing 
Yeah, and it doesn't even do the thing that, like, the multiplayer I know does, because I've watched enough of it, where in the multiplayer of Titanfall, those little guys that you just kind of ignore are, in, like, maybe the most dangerous threat to you, because they're going to climb up on your fucking Titan and ruin it. Right. Like, the, the game's design, um, in a multiplayer sense, is built around the idea that both pilots and Titans are threats to each other. Yes. Uh, and even that, and that's just not that's just not true. In this game, it turns into a different scale. It's like when in Katamari, you get like the right. thing where it pulls out, and suddenly the little things don't matter anymore. Why are you even bothering to pick those up? It is it is Katamari, but without even the like Katamari thematic consideration. Yes, that, that means yeah, yeah. Uh, and I just thought it was very strange because that that is what defines like mech stuff to me on on a fundamental level is you get in the robot and you are now operating on a different scale of existence and combat. This is yes. a different plane of how violence works, but the small people are still people and have, you know, lives and are going to be affected by these giant robots decimating their towns. Yeah. Uh, and it was just so strange to see something so divorced from that, uh, especially because it didn't want to be divorced. Like, <laughs> so the the big gun is going to kill harmony which is a planet you see for about 2 seconds in a hologram but it's just a field yes. with no people uh, yes and the that's good it. planet it's called harmony you know it's good because <laughs> yeah. if this was if this was a good if this is actually a good story harmony would be the most ominous thing you could call a planet in the world <laughs> <laughs> they made a mech thing where a planet was called harmony run by the militia <laughs> yes and it's and a, was- <laughs> it's a categorically good place where people live and die in space oh <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and and then at the end of the game, the the planet you were currently on blows up. Mm-hmm. Are there cities there? Are there? I just assumed that planet was like not there was nothing there. Well, there's a factory there. There's a research. There's yeah, multiple. Like research the only thing there. I th- I thought the thing that they said was the only thing there was this IMC installation. Uh, well, you sure go through a lot more terrain than that. Oh sure, yeah, yeah, no, no. Like, there's also like just an ecology there. Like, you you still blow up a planet, like right, you know. Yeah, like, Samus Aran and the Dirty Pair also blow up a planet, but even those things pay at least more thoughtful consideration or not lack of consideration to this idea than you just blow up a planet and fly the away. The time K blows up a planet and it is played as a joke is more thoughtful and self aware about what it means to blow up a planet than this game. Yes. <laughs> God. It's just, yeah, it's just very strange. Because um, it definitely, yeah. And going back to just the comparing, like, they've they've got their Xeon, they've got their Earth Federation, and on both ends, it neuters them of their, like, inherent power, right? Like, Xeon, as an idea, is what it means to claim yourself as a nation from a hegemony that refuses to acknowledge you. Uh, yeah. And that is, like, a act of rebellion and defiance that is important in establishing space noids as having an identity and a culture and a country of their own. And this is just like, oh, they're just generally the militia. There's like, no, like, in fact, it resists that because it says that because they're the colonies in this metaphor of the American colonies, they just have to form a militia rather than forming a central government because that's against the ideals and the metaphor we've chosen. Uh, Yes. And similarly... Instead of being a like a government, the uh, IMC are just a corporation, so that just kind of makes them generically evil and defanged. And yes. I know, look, this game doesn't have a good story. I'm not looking for it. 
But I do think if you're deliberately aping all this stuff that is so full of politics, why would you like? Why wouldn't you just do something? I mean, the actual thing about this is in the game itself. It, outside of the villains who are all space avocados, it's just one group of nondescript military men fighting another group of nondescript military men. That's it. That's like I could not tell you what the sides were called. I didn't know. Like I assume we're the good guys because the way the game played it, it didn't seem like it was going to do a flip where it was real. You were the bad guys, but. That's it. That's the only difference is you were told to fight those guys and you fight them. They don't have the same Titans you do. <laughs> this the, BT is the first Titan that the Frontier Militia developed on their own. Didn't have to steal from the Federation. Or from the fucking is that IMC. really I, what the plot of that game is? They, they say that at the start, though. They say that he's okay. the, that's the first model of Titans they didn't steal from the IMC. Okay. Uh, which doesn't make sense when the game's... Like, the game's multiplayer is balanced. When you play as the Militia you are playing the same game as playing as the as the IMC. It's not a game inherently about the imbalance of power when an existing status quo exerts itself uh, on something that wishes to like repel against that. Yeah. Uh, because it's a balanced multiplayer game. It has to make these factions stable. And it just, yeah, it sucks. It's a shame. Anyway, that's my piece I wanted to say. That's fine. Uh should listen if you enjoyed that conversation you should one you should watch gundam because we didn't actually yeah. talk about that much spoiler wise so you're all good uh and two you should listen to our gundam podcast because we do this every week yeah absolutely <laughs> every week actually these days we're mostly complaining about gender politics but yes yeah, so we do try to do this every week when there's material to talk about yeah well look sometimes the show isn't made with people who know what uh you know like the structures of geopolitics are and it's made by men who are yes. bad they have characters complain about someone's lack of ideology, but without having any of their own. <laughs> it's it's really difficult. You've got to know what the ideology is. Anyway, that we can't talk, make jokes about our Gundam podcast on this <laughs> podcast. We're done here. Thanks, everyone. We're going to be playing Devil May Cry 3 next month. Jackson, where can people find us? On the internet. You can find, us at, you can find me at Headfuls off on Twitter. You can find the other podcasts we do at abnormalmapping.com. Uh, and you can find me at em underscore being. Of course, we're Patreon supported. You can get that Gundam podcast and many other things besides by going to patreon.com slash abnormal mapping. Uh, Gundam's only $1 a month. It's the best deal of going. Uh, it's a very good podcast every week. Uh, until a couple weeks from now when we play Devil May Cry, uh, we're done. We're free. It's seven o'clock. I'm going to go have a drink. <laughs>
心がある